We pump the brakes before we get fast and furious and dive into a grab bag to review where we are with some of our previous episodes on Not a Hate Watch. Hello, Alice. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you, Missy? I am doing pretty good. I'm very excited for this episode. This is um, one I've been wanting to do for a little while now, and this seems like a perfect time to do it. You and I were both like a little apprehensive about having to dive in to Fast and Furious. We have a guest lined up, um, so we will be recording with them. We're not going to spoil who it is, but it is a person who has previously been on the podcast. Ooh. Loyal listeners will probably know who has expressed that, but uh, tonight we are going to be going through all the different media that we have watched, the TV and movies, and just to give an update on all of them, because some of it has come with us with serendipity and has um, has followed us. Some of it is stuff that we might not have even thought about since we've done it, and that's sort of where we're going to be at here. Uh, I know we have one of our TV seasons. Alice will have a report from the second season. So some we have updates, so we're going to go through them now. Um, the very first one... We're going to go back all the way to the first episode, The Apple. Wait, Alice, wait, 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 sorry. Yes? Why don't we start with Twilight? Oh, God, we have to go all, so we're going pre, so this is like, if we're making a blank check analogy, one of our yes. favorite podcasts, um, which all of you should be listening to, I'm sure you are, uh, this would be the Alice and Missy Presents sort of era of it. This is pre, yeah. not a hate watch, but we're going to Twilight. Okay. We could so, also we could also go to the Bat Month as well, but oh, that's true. We have a lot to go. So let's let's actually start. We're gonna since we you evoked it. Let's start with the Bat Month. Uh, okay. How are how are you in relation to the Batman? We know there's a sequel that is in the development. Um, development, but I'm yes. sure the writer's strike right now that we are currently recording is happening. Um, Pro union, yes. Um, yes. Gave with the strike. Solidarity. Uh, they have lost more money waiting on the strike out than what they wanted to get paid. So clearly money is not what this is about. It is about power. Anyways, so the Batman people had power with the, yeah, match, I, the Riddler and everything. I, so I was surprised that Griffin on Blank Check gave his blanky nomination to Paul Dano for the Riddler and not for Fablemans. That was kind of surprising. Um, yeah, that movie... Like, more and more, the further I get away from it, the movie feels like a fever dream. I mean, I'm sure the way I watched it was not conducive to that. But I don't know that I'm, like, excited for the next one. Although I have been thinking... So this is this is my question. June is coming up again. And so if I was going to do Bat Month 2, it would be in June. Mm-hmm. What movie should I do? We, well, let's see here. If you're going to do Bat Month, you could do... The 1966 Adam West Batman film, but that one would just be fun to watch in of itself. I don't think you necessarily need to watch that. You know, yeah, I don't. I don't know time. that I would. I would get gain a lot from the the, the three minutes a day format. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Well, there's of course the notorious Batman and Robin, which is yes. another fever dream. But I like that one just because. Oh I yeah. Was a kid when it's going on, so it wouldn't be you know. So it depends upon what you're trying to do for that. You could also. I, I, I watched that fairly recently, actually, um, within the last six months, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. It, it gets camp, but it's it's fun camp. And oh yes, um, I don't know how to describe the sexual awakening, which was Uma Thurman um, kissing, oh, with yes. the lip peeling, yeah, and all same, that kind same. of stuff. Like it was wild. Yeah. Um, 
you could do like the Christopher Nolan Batman and start with Batman Begins and just make that your, you know, from then on out bit where you have to do that every single year. I mean, I okay, so I've never actually seen Batman Begins. I've seen Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises a bunch. Oh, okay. I also, I also kind of think I like Dark Knight Rises more than The Dark Knight at this point, which I know is a very controversial take, but... Interesting. Uh, well, I don't know if it's that controversial with me, because I still like The Dark Knight Rises. Like, I yeah. I liked them both equally. I wasn't enamored with The Dark Knight as much as everyone else was. I thought it was very good. Yeah, but... no, it's it's incredible, but yeah, I think I... I, there was so much more in The Dark Knight Rises that I could that I felt like I could latch on to in terms of theme that really, yes. that really resonated. Yeah, I mean, I also love Catwoman and Anne Hathaway. Yes, so Anne Hathaway. that whole Forever. like, yeah, that whole storyline was fantastic for me. Um, yeah, so that the Batman Begins might be interesting because you haven't done that before, and it would give you I, some context. I I think I know what I'm gonna do. Okay, I'm gonna do the second Michael Keaton Batman movie. Oh, Batman Returns. I've never seen it. I, oh. I've, I've seen I have seen the original Batman in. Uh, when I was a kid, I have not seen it since then. Um, yeah, so 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 my my Batman history is I saw Batman when I was a kid. Then I saw Forever and and Batman and Robin in theaters. I missed Batman Begins, and then I saw Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises in theaters. And then I watched the Batman twenty twenty two twenty one twenty twenty two in four minute chunks for all of June. So I, the, the Batman Forever was the first clip of a PG-13 movie I ever saw. And it was, well, my friend was only allowed us to show the ending because he thought it was interesting. But I, so when we go to Batman Returns, I have to be a guest for a very specific part of the episode, which is the part where she goes crazy. And um, I'm not going to, because you didn't see I'm not going to say more, but when, I'm not going to crazy, but when Michelle Pfeiffer first turns into Catwoman, um, that moment, I won't say anymore, was a seminal moment in my childhood and is essentially my version of The Exorcist for a few years. So I we're just going to have to talk about that part. I'll be, I, you know, if you need like a, a recap or something with it. But yeah, I just absolutely need to talk about those few minutes before and after it happens. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to there then. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. Um, yeah, I, give me a time code and we'll we'll figure it out. But but yeah, I, I think also, that's what you're we're going to get do. a returning... Uh, not a hate watch person. Uh, for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you will see Danny DeVito. Yes. So, it, which is interesting because one of the yeah. episodes we saw referenced uh, his penguin appearance. Yes, you and mentioned so that. Now, okay, interesting. I didn't realize that you didn't have that context then. Okay, that's gonna be. Oh, this is gonna be very exciting. I look forward to this one a lot because this was the Batman of those that era that I had seen maybe last. I can't remember if I saw Batman or Batman Returns first before the other. I know that I then grew up with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. We could rent all the time from the library because our parents were like, that's fine. You know, there can't be whatever. Um, And to me, having seen the Batman TV show as well as those films, I've always grown up with Batman being very camp and very fun. So when Nolan did his take on it, I actually thought it it was kind of interesting because that was my context for... You know, I think a lot of people's also recontextualization of. I know they were trying to move away from it, but I had never really seen gritty Batman that much, so it was really interesting for me to go into it and be like, "Oh, this is pretty," you know, okay, a pretty interesting turn. Absolutely, yeah. I, I I've had such a kind of mixed history with the series. Like, I like I like the movies. I didn't play the the video games when they came out. I'm not really sure why they were very mm-hmm. popular. 
Um, and then and I did like the I did like the the animated show, and I like Batman Beyond quite a bit as well. I've not seen the animated show or any of the, I've not seen any. Oh, of, the animated show is. Excellent. I've not seen any of the animated anything's revolving Batman. It just never particularly. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just. I mean, I don't watch a lot of superhero stuff to begin with, so I think that's probably what it is. Sure. You know, the Fair. movies are like yeah. you're here for two hours, and you're in, you're out. You know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we spent a lot of time on Batman. Let's let's move on to Twilight. Okay, that's. Well, I was just gonna say the only other thing for Batman is I'm still sitting on a pilot episode of a series I want to do about the Batman TV series, um, and this conversation has made me want to respark that. Even though I have like a thousand podcasts going, it's like yeah, what's one more? Okay, so Twilight. Um, so they're doing a mini series based on Twilight. That's the big news that's going to be coming around that. Yes. What do you think about the fact they're doing it? I think it's great. I think the I think the audience was underserved by them making too many movies too quickly. Mm-hmm. I think they oversaturated the market and like you know how like Harry Potter is coming back. Like, there's that big Harry Potter video yeah, game, yeah. and yeah, J.K. Rowling's a turf. But like, but like now they're making a new show, and it's like, it's like it, it's it, the time is up for the the nostalgia to come due. Yes. I feel that way about I feel that way about Twilight as well, and I really think that we're gonna get a better cultural reevaluation of Twilight. I think like both Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart having these very interesting, weird careers post Twilight has only endeared them to the public even more than than they could have. Same same with Daniel Radcliffe to be to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited for this. I I hope it's good. I am fascinated because it is just more confirmation that TV is where the prestige is sort of moving and that all these stories that would have been told in movies are now being done <laughs> in TV. Uh why are you laughing? Yeah. Is that just no, the the serious highbrow art that is Stephanie Meyer's Twilight. No, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying it's because of that, like, but because you know, Game of Th- Game of Thrones essentially everyone is chasing that dragon, you know, to use a very heavy-handed metaphor. Yeah. And so they're figuring, well, let's just take these stories now. They've run out of you know other things to adapt, and you're right, the nostalgia is is high because all of these millennials that were teens or kids that grew up with this are now watching Game of Thrones and all those shows and so I want a take on it. Yes. I'm curious how- they're going to they're going to want to introduce their kids to the story that was formative for them. All those little Bella and Edwards running around. Yes. And Jacob. And I wonder too if maybe the model of his dark materials, the adaptation of the Golden Compass which the the film is a notorious bomb which I've not seen. Um, oh that could be interesting not hate watch. Um, and we should all, we should start not notching down the conversation pieces we have about this to, to add into our our list of a poo. Um, but the I think things like that. Um, well, you know, we have films that we want to watch because they're interesting, and films we want to watch because we know that they're turds, and I've not exposed ourselves to one. But want to try and find good things of it. Um, which my good thing would be yeah. like Daniel Craig. I like him. So um, I yeah. So I think it will be interesting to do that. Now uh, apart from it. I am now, you know, realizing I am what nearly months away from re-entering into Twagest breaking Twan, um, where I believe. Or no, uh, well, it's, it's it's actually which was the second one? It's actually it's um, Twagest um new new twoon. That's right, Twagest new twoon. That's the one. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm laying in in anticipation. I'm glad that we will be having a month separate where. Both of our projects will have time to breathe in here, but that that clock is ticking, and that that might take over not a hate watch for a month, depending upon how my brain is doing. But now I also want to record other things. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I uh, haven't 
obviously haven't watched any of them since then. Purposely have been sitting on it. I have not read the book because I don't read. And have... You know, it is funny how often it has cropped up. I don't have any good, you know, specific, specific examples, but just as a reference point and within memes online and everything and how it is funny within... I, I think that reevaluation you mentioned earlier is absolutely on point. And the reevaluation specifically that we talked a bit about, which was this got unfairly hammered because it was hammered as a girl's thing. And, yeah. you know, other reasons too... But how much that underlied it and how we have sort of unveiled that within, like, mm -hmm. the world of film, social media and everything that was developing at the time and criticism and just the generalization yeah. of misogyny that was accepted beforehand that we're sort of being pushed back on in a post-MeToo era. This is really highbrow talking about Twilight Light. I've enjoyed this a lot. Um, but it, it sort of is, with that reevaluation happening, I, I am also curious of it, too. I'm curious, too, because you talked about with your family and stuff, how... Um, I don't want to say sanitized, but what will be the way these will be presented? You know what I mean? Are these going to be a bit more mature takes or will they be as like, not mature as in like rated R, but you know, how like how heavy will the drama be compared to the films since it's being done on TV versus being um, done in there? Now, who's, who is producing the Twilight um, TV show? I know Warner Brothers is doing the I Harry Potter I believe one. it's... I believe it's Lionsgate, okay. who is also I want to say the distributors for the movies. I know I know they were also uh, produced by Summit Summit Entertainment, yeah. but um, I don't know that there's a I don't I forget if there was a streamer attached to it or not, or if it's if or, or where they're trying to to to, to put it. But um, yeah, I I, I I think it's interesting because those books there isn't a lot more subtext in those books that they can really ring out because Stephanie Meyer wrote them largely as a, as a Mormon analogy, I guess, I guess in breaking Dawn when we get to there, but yeah, I'm really curious to see what they'll update, what they'll change. I do think that I do. I just, it just feels like vampires have the, the, the cultural stock of vampires has re-risen. Like there's been the, the Anne Rice interview with the vampire show on AMC. Oh yeah. Is what we do in the shadows. Yes. There's that Renfield movie that just came out. And so Vampires are back, baby, mm -hmm. and 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 who better to welcome back into our hearts and minds than the Cullen family? I am extraordinarily excited too, because I know I was thinking about this that they're going to have to cast new. Basically, they're going to have to find the new up and coming people, and who are those going to be? And who? Oh, gross! People are going to yeah. obsess. I I feel bad for them because people are going to start obsessing about them in ways that they are not ready for. But at the same point, it will be interesting to see a journey where they will be filming this as they start to age. And so like the characters will age alongside their, you know, characters within the story and stuff mm. too. I mean, true, true blood kind of handled that by not talking about it. And it was fine. Well, yeah, but don't like all the, don't, isn't it sort of the twilight films or boat sagas, don't they take place like subsequent years or like within a certain time? Not really. I mean, I think it's, I think the whole, the whole saga is like, two years total wow, maybe it's not really that long. interesting i thought for some reason it was more expansive i mean i'm probably getting my wires crossed with the harry potter books which are very delineated between this is one year, yes into, into one year, year per book, book yes, happening but i thought the twilight things were there as yeah. well well that will be very interesting so wait they have kids really young or is that a flash forward what do you mean because the abella and edward have a kid and yes do they have it young or is that a flash forward in the books where it's like and now they're so, older and they're having a kid or is it like they're, it they're is 19? a 
I'm spoiling this for you. It is a half. It is a half human, half vampire yeah, baby yeah. who grows extremely quickly uh-huh. in the course of the book, which I think is supposed to take place over like a month. The last book, she she goes from like being an infant to walking around and talking within like a week, and then like because that's because this also that's the whole like she imprints on Jacob thing, um, and then and then by the end of by the end of it, I think she's like a toddler or like and she's fully fully verbal and everything, and that was that was according to Stephanie Meyer, that was the reason why they could they no one wanted to license Twilight was because they they couldn't they didn't have the CG technology at the time to make a to make a realistic Renesmee. Oh, that's so. so funny. And I've never, I've never seen Breaking Dawn. I'm so excited to get to watch that at some oh, point, probably in, in two years when you get yeah. there. I mean, you've shoved me into this whole thing. I hadn't even seen it yourself. How dare you? I've only seen the first two, and I love them, so I, I have no regrets. That's fair. I mean, it's absolutely fair. And I, I mean, I loved the process of it. You can listen, and if you haven't, the very best of Twagist is in our feed, which is the entirety of the daily episodes of Twagist. And so you can listen to my madness over that going over. Uh, now, th- speaking of actual factual vampires, now we can move oh, on to the goodness. apple. You sent me this clip recently, a quote from one of the films. What was it that you that you were, uh, that it was? Was it streamers? I couldn't tell who was quoting it. Oh, it was it was uh it was a video game podcast from Giant Bomb, which is a mm-hmm. website. Um, one of the one of the people on the podcast was quoting the apple, and of course, they of course, were. what a what a great random poll. Um, between then and now, our episode, which uh, debuted in December of last year, uh, twenty twenty two, I have shown it to a couple more people. It has stuck with one person quite incredibly, um, and they want to show me Rock of Ages as punishment in return. Not punishment; they enjoyed it, Ooh, but yeah, that's rough. that's gonna be a not. I'm, I told them we're gonna make that an episode of not a hate watch because if I'm gonna have to go through that, I'm gonna talk about it afterwards because I, I, I ha, the, the everything of it. Tom Cruise, Alec Baldwin, Jet. Uh, what's her name from Dancing with the Stars? With Hugh, H-O-U-G-H. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, it's just going to be, that's going to be brutal. But that's that one is on my unfortunate shortlist that I'm going to have to pull at some point. Uh, but yeah, any yeah. more thoughts on the apple? Has it haunted you in your life? Is it is it simply just references that I make to it that you have to deal with? I feel like we've definitely talked about it more than once since we watched it. I, I, I feel like I, I keep seeing references to it everywhere. And... I don't love it. <laughs> I mean, it obviously, I don't, yes, I don't it's know. obviously been a reference point within this show, simply because we have watched it, um, much like our next episode has been a, a reference point, too. Uh, but I just want to reiterate how much I love it and how much I was glad that was the first episode of the podcast and how also happy, uh, in retrospect, I was that the second episode of our podcast is Minions. Uh Oh, my yeah. update for that. I, tell me about your minion journey. Yeah. Tell me about your minion so journey. So it is so funny to me how I'm just hearing more and more about the minions and how much people love them. You know, I have, over the course of this show, especially have as I have watched things that deserve actual hate, you know, in hindsight, how hard I went on it is much too hard. And, and I have said later on, too, much of that was kayfabe. I, yeah. was, I yeah. was leaning into it, you know. For the bit, because... We were figuring it. it out. It was the second Oh, yeah. Episode. But, I mean, I, had, I was very annoyed by it. But between then, I saw this... I, I was I, there. I, I, I remember. I, had the second, <laughs> I saw the second half of the second film, the prequel film, uh, with my... Rise of yes, with my yeah. husband, Alex, um, guest of the show. And uh, it was... He thought it was very boring, and I thought it was met, too, as well. But it was like... I, I kind of liked it a bit better than, I think, part of Minions. And maybe yeah. it's just because I was into it more. Or, like, it, I had the... 
the not a hate watch buy-in of I'm just gonna watch this as a film. There were some cute gags in it, but I guess I didn't care that much about Baby Grew because yeah. I just didn't care that much about it. I would have I actually would have preferred to have seen more minions antics yeah, outside of it. So I could have gotten more context and maybe had more bits jokes to go into it there. But it wasn't terrible. Um, but yeah, so I saw I saw that so we don't have to do an episode on it. Uh, thankfully, we don't have to, to for your sake because I, I know you wouldn't want me to go into uh, to doing that as well. But I do look forward to when I get a hug and minion eventually when I go to a Universal uh, studio and uh, yeah. that part I am come to Hollywood. Yeah, that part is definitely. Oh, th- there will be a Missy comes to Hollywood. We're gonna have a lot of fun uh, and seeing how much stuff we can touch on real life uh, from the things that we've done uh, within the context oh, of the show. Uh, any yeah. more thoughts on Minions? Any, I don't. Are there any developments? I don't think there's any films or anything in the works uh, that I know of. Well, so um, Illumination did make the Star Wars, the not Star Wars, the the Super Mario movie, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, so. I've seen. Um, is were there any Minions references in there? No, no, because there were way too many Mario Easter eggs that had to shove in there. Okay, okay. I'm 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 keen when I when I go see it to to see if there's any see if see if a minion pops up anywhere. Maybe but, there was one in the background uh, that yeah, I didn't see, but yeah, it was certainly a film about Mario and the and the world of Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's that's an illumination picture. Um, I other than that, I don't feel like there's been too much going on. Um, I I will say I liked the second movie. I thought it was fun. I just thought it was like a fun romp and. Everyone else I know who has seen it like hated it and thought it was terrible. And I don't I don't understand the cognitive dissonance there of like that. Oh, how you I know like, I know you can I love the minions so much. I know I have bad taste, but, but yeah. if you like the minions so much, how do you not like the second one as much? It just you felt like they were very. Well, I mean, the like same. I, I I really disliked Despicable Me three when I watched that. I um, don't think I've seen that one yet. I I think it's because two is the one with Vector, right? No, Vector's the first one. Who's two is the one with two is the one with the like um luchador and luchador guy and there's a lot of stuff where there's um it's the one where Kristen Wiig is introduced as the as the female um as a female agent Gru is working for an agency where he does good things instead of evil things yeah, and there's also a whole plot line about around them going to the mall a lot. I thought the second one was the one about the moon and Jason Segel's no, that's Victor. the first wow. one. I've minion pilled my memory hold myself. Uh, mi- mi- minion memory hold? Mi- mi- min hold? I don't know. Uh, banana. So, yeah, okay, interesting. I'm maybe going to have to just watch those on my own, and then that will be in our next Grab Back episode and an update on the minions. Hell yeah. Because I, I like the Despicable Me films. The, I was fine with the minions mm-hmm. in in that dosage um, on there. Yeah. It was pretty good. All right. Next film. Joker, <laughs> Joker 2, Harley Quinn, Lady Gaga, they are tricking all of the gays. They are no. so excited for this piece of shit. I'm excited because... It looks so bad. Uh, do you know what's funny? It looks so bad, and I'm probably going to go. Because one, my I'm assuming my roommate Waldo will take us because he loves DC. He loves comic oh, yeah. books and stuff. Yeah. And is also uh, a notorious homosexual. And so we would go together. Uh, I'm curious what they're going to do with it. Especially because if the first movie was a pastiche of Stallone and, you know, city crime films of the 70s. And, Taxi Driver. Yeah, and yeah. King Comedy, which is technically in the 80s. But that, you know, that era. Um, where, where Gotham is as part as much of the story as New York City is to those. 
what pastiches they're going to do for this. Is this going to be like a Chicago cabaret um, piece? Is this going to be like, you know, I'm assuming most of the musical numbers will be lurid fantasies that these two are going to be drawn into. I'm assuming they're not going to have like diegetic musical numbers happening that often, you know. Although they did, hey, they did sing in the subway in the last one. So who knows? Maybe there'll be a subway singing uh, in this one. But I'm curious what the politics of the city are going to be like. They've just had an assassination of a mayoral candidate happen. Yeah, but but I feel like in comic books that sort of thing happens all the time. Like I feel like in <laughs> was it in in um, Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, one of them. Like I feel like two or three politicians. Oh no, in the Batman, like multiple. Like the mayor gets killed, another candidate for oh, mayor wow, gets spoiler killed. Alert. I mean, it's not spoiler like, alert because I I haven't watched the movie, but I listened to the Batman. So, but I've plenty of time to forget. Yeah. But yeah. So, but like I feel like this this just kind of happens all the time in um all the time in in move in in. DC and like comic book movies. Especially. That just sounds like people were like, "Oh, it was the '60s. Politicians got shot all the time. Like, ah, oh, it just happens." Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm curious to see now that we're seeing stills coming out from New York and and stuff. What what it's going to look like overall? Yeah, I I really dislike the Lady Gaga costume. I think they did they went the the worst route, which is they are trying to recreate something that looks like the comic book outfit, but it isn't just the comic book outfit, and it isn't the like same style as the Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's it's very much more hewing to the original um, animated series Harley Quinn, and. I hate it. I just, I just, it, it's so, it's like so on the nose in the same way that I felt like the the first movie was so on the nose. I also just don't understand how Joaquin Phoenix, like how that character as played by Joaquin Phoenix is going to be singing and dancing. I just can't. Like, I, I know he dances down the steps at the end of the movie or whatever, da, da, but like da, 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 da. singing hey, and dancing. Like I would have seen Keith Ledger's Joker doing that before yes. I would have seen, um, the Joaquin Phoenix yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. Her. I'm also just kind of sick of Joaquin Phoenix. He's in that new Ari Aster movie too. It's just like he's everywhere lately and I don't know. Yeah, I think that that's part of the reason why I think these are going to be delusional fantasy sequences or something because if he's going to be singing and dancing along with it, I assume that's going to happen. Unless there's some, oh, wow, wouldn't this be a twist that part of his compulsion, what helps him not do it is by singing and he can like communicate when singing that he can't when he's just talking because that's a real thing with people who have stutters and stuff that they can actually like sing, but they can't talk. Um, so, mm-hmm. the, oh, what if I cracked, what if I cracked this open? We'll have to, we'll have to have an emergency Joker 2 episode when we go oh, see that. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to, don't make me watch you it. You don't have, maybe, don't maybe it's it. one of the things that we'll have some rare episodes where one of us doesn't have to watch it if they really push the emergency button. No, that's button. not the format of the podcast. I know. Oh, I'm just <laughs> get you into it. <laughs> well, how about this? We're going to get you out of this conversation and we'll get our knives yeah. out and we will peel the glass onion both of these at the same time here, our Knives Out slash Glass Onion episode was the next on it. We know that a third film is coming out, but there's not any more details on that. Yeah. Alice, do you have more thoughts about Mr. Benier? Uh, I can never say his name. Ben, Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. I always want to say Benier, but Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Um, I don't have additional thoughts. I, I, I will say I thought the... I felt like the second movie just didn't have the same cultural impact that the first one did. Like, I felt like the first one I was hearing about, maybe just because it was like, oh, it was so novel. There's a there's a murder mystery and it's so good and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it much since then. Um, I did see the news that Ryan Johnson was still, is still, or may still be working on a Star Wars trilogy of films, which is crazy 
because of everything, all the shit that happened the last time. It'd be but, funny if they basically like he has such a great idea for a trilogy that they can't like bail on it, but they're just waiting for everything to cool down long enough where they can just like yeah. get an announcement out there uh, for it. But I, I, I don't know. It took it. It took twenty years for the prequels to get appreciated. So I don't that's know. true. Uh, I look forward to that. My, you know, in the meantime, my husband and I have rewatched the entire Poirot series, and so that has been my junk, you know, my uh, murder mystery uh, get out of my system on there. So that's a good recommendation. Not gonna make you hate watch that because uh, there's too much of it. Plus, also, it's just really good. I don't think there should be anything to hate of it. It just would be like interesting. Oh boy, Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, Revolutions, and we'll go ahead and put. Um, matrix resurrection in there uh, all at once yeah yeah let's just talk about them all um still i think my favorite things that we've done for this you know the the treasure of this podcast i think absolutely uh even as we go forward will always be the matrix and what uh came from that i'm really glad that we continued on um the wachowski kick there's a few more i still have to see speed racer and so that's gonna be one that we have we could also make me watch Sense8. Oh, we were we were watching Sense8 at some point. We are definitely watching Sense8. I mean, um, you want to you want to you want like a Netflix show that's showing like explicit gay sex? Yeah. Okay, well then I just might watch the whole series for that one. Then it'll be one of those things. Um, but yeah, so I really I don't know if I have much more to add. I was thinking about my rankings of them. Not that everything needs a ranking, but just what has like lasted in my memory from what we've been doing it and what will pop up. It's probably Reloaded, Revolutions, Resurrection, the original. And I think simply the original is last because even when I talked about it in the episode, it was the one I knew the most about going into it. So there just wasn't as much that I gleaned from that watch as I did nearly the other ones. But yeah, it, it definitely is one of those things where it's good. And I'll put the soundtrack on every once in a while. Yeah, and, and I feel like... Um, I- on Twitter, I, I saw um, Jane Schoenbrunn, who is the director of the movie We're All Going to the World's Fair, which came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, she was talking about how she wanted to get into – she wanted to rewatch it because it, she felt like it needed a reappreciation. And I was, I was right there in the replies just saying, you know, it's good. It's good, actually. It's really good. I, I, I love that movie. I actually – so I bought – I bought – ridiculous fancy new speakers for my for my like the great room where i watch movies and play games and stuff mm-hmm. and they're the, they're the like dolby atmos ones that Ooh. have like vertical sound profiles and stuff like they actually make they're not just not just surrounding you like like 360 yeah. but also like the whole space and i needed to test them and so i just watched make sure resurrections all over again yeah perfect exactly put it on there and get it get it as your your calibration for also just for emotional calibration as well yeah the movie fucking rips um yes big bang theory i don't have an update on that show i have an update on a different show for it though oh yeah, yeah yeah we gotta talk about this I saw episodes of Young Sheldon, and I thought it was actually funny, and I don't know what to do with that information. Like, I don't know if it was just I was at a a family gathering with my in-laws, and it was on TV, so I was just, like, laughing at it, but it was on. But legitimately, it had good jokes, and I think the lack of a laugh track helped so much. The fact that it's single cam, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. shot, and it's not multi-cam. I think that format helped with the landing of the jokes so much better. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's 
based more around a family and growing up than look at these nerds aren't they funny that they can't talk to people yeah well yeah because the dynamic is like his dad's the football coach and his older brother is a sports person and so it's uh a lot about that in there you know even now i'm trying to think back on it it's faded long enough i have and you know didn't seek it out afterwards i'm like no i'm not getting into the extended sheldon verse like i can't allow myself uh to have it because aren't they also working on another series spun probably from almost certainly I'm trying to think if it's spun off from Young Sheldon or if they're doing another Big Bang Theory spinoff thing. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, either way. I mean, I, that, that Sheldon ain't going to be young for much longer, so they got to come up with something. <laughs> they're just going to uh, do a, um, a How I Met Your Mother style show where it will just be them bouncing between youngest Sheldon and it'll be How He Met the Crew and it'll be like their avengers assemble where you slowly yes. see how all of them met at what is it caltech where they work uh usc caltech one of them one of them yeah yeah what whatever you ucla know. i think it was ucla yeah what is whichever one Cal california learning chicago yeah that was a that was the thing we watched <laughs> i don't have any more thoughts on Chicago? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's popped up. Well, actually, I should say, um, relevance for me and my interests um, for Drag Race, Jinx Monsoon, um, who is a non-binary trans femme, I believe is how they identify, um, performer who played the role of Mama on Broadway, the role that Queen Latifah played in the film. And it was the first drag performer to perform, I believe, that role on Broadway. Obviously, drag, I believe... Drag performers have played, obviously, in other shows and stuff, but it's a very big deal because Chicago is obviously still hmm. a tentpole staple amongst it. Um, and uh, I, I, will, I will say, I, I will mm -hmm. say, when I when I went to see it last year, um, Angelica Ross, who is also trans, um, yes, she she's more of a, a ball performer than a, than a drag performer, but but also, um, yeah, she she was playing she was playing um, not. You know, she was playing Roxy. Roxy. Roxy is the the Catherine's they're not the Catherine's it's the Renell Zegger yes, character. Yes, that role, yes. yeah. And uh so it's just interesting that that was a very high profile thing that was in the news, and especially during the um drag bands that have been going around. She's been on, you know, Good Morning America and stuff like that. So that was interesting to see that um angle and interest uh, coincide. And she's saying a number from it. She's saying the um Mama uh if you're good to mama song on the finale of Drag Race. And I mean really crushed it, so it was it was yeah. Very good, but she's one of my I favorite performers, so I'm into it. Pretty Woman. Oh, Pretty Woman. I I had a Pretty Woman moment with a friend of mine when I put her in makeup for the first time this last weekend. We went and, to, and got her stuff. We didn't do um, outfits or anything like that, but we did do that. So that's that was my little Pretty Woman moment. But no, I, I just think of this film every once in a while and just how... I don't know. It just like opened opened me up a little bit to. That's my inroad to romance movies. It's funny how, you know, we watched spoiler alert later on The Bachelor, which was reality romance, and how I was like blah. But that Pretty Woman, even though there was that moment in The Bachelor that was like a Pretty Woman moment, I, I just like the film a lot. Any more thoughts that you have on it? I know you already came into it as one of your, your favorite films. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's. I wouldn't say favorite film. I, I would say I love that movie a lot. Um. Molly Ringwald, there was I saw an interview with Molly Ringwald where she said that she was offered that role, the Julia oh, Roberts role. Interesting. And she and and 
she turned it down or, or or she was asked to to read for it i believe and she yeah. turned it down but she was also saying how she she has, she's mostly played like kind of wholesome wholesome good girls in, mm-hmm. in in things and how she wished she could get the opportunity to play someone like um julia roberts character in in pretty woman but you know so sometimes those things don't work out but also the the movie was written for julia roberts like no one else could have could have could have done it like that oh yeah she, there is a uh deafness to the to the act for her that uh, molly ringwald had too much of an image and she'd be coming in with that not i mean not that'd be too much it should be a different film it'd be a different film with a different context and a different connotation mm-hmm. seeing that star taking a turn um yeah. i could see it getting a sort of like showgirls reception where it's like oh wholesome you know sitcom actress is now doing something a little bit more body like oh no um i, I is, are they oh god i might be making this up are they making a pretty woman musical Oh, I have to they look this up. Were, or did they make it? I think it made have it might have already happened. If not, it is definitely hap- it was happening. It did happen. Okay, so it okay. premiered in 2018 in Chicago and then it had a 2018 Broadway and then a tour in 2011. Okay. So yeah, so it has happened and So it is come um, and gone, yeah. Come and gone, yeah. Oh, the US tour um Edward Lewis was played by Adam Pascal from Rent interesting that is that's one i've not seen that's staying on the not scene i do not want to put myself through rent on this podcast because i don't think i don't think y'all could hear me just bitch and moan that much i've already pushed your limits so far game of thrones the final season i have watched house of the dragon i believe i hadn't finished it when we were recording that episode i loved it house of the dragon is fantastic um and weirdly I think you could pick it up and enjoy it, but I could also seeing you picking it up and being like, no, I hate this, you know. Um, but I just like the the characters within that world uh, a lot. Um, and the fact that they do the time, sort of like the, the time jumping forward in it so that they're played um, halfway through, they sort of switch the actors um, that are portraying everyone. They did a really mm-hmm. good job between the casting of those two different eras um, between them. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna pass. I think I'm I'm good on that. Um, I did have the thought yesterday though. WGA striking, which means no one can work on TV or movie projects. George R. R. Martin gonna finish that book? I believe he made a statement on Twitter today about um, the writer's strike. Uh, people were negative. Was he in solidarity not writing? <laughs> you know what? I, he's been in solidarity with them since the 2008 strike. Apparently, yeah. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. <sighs> the Hobbit there and back again. I wonder when The Hobbit will get a miniseries treatment. Uh, we, we know obviously with the Ring of Power. Uh, there's but... Ring of Power, and, the, and there's there's also Warner Brothers is still making stuff too somehow. Yeah. Well, Did you hear about that? Wait, no. What do you mean? Warner Brothers does not have the rights to Lord of the Rings, but they are somehow making a Lord of the Rings TV show based on the characters from the movies that they made. Oh, interesting. Maybe it's Universal. I thought it was Warner Brothers, but but yeah, well, I thought it was the... um, New Line, wasn't? Isn't it? Maybe, maybe. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Either know, way, whoever, whoever. The I know that. Is. I know that some company that has the rights to the movie is making a TV show, despite not having the book rights, which Amazon owns. That's fascinating. I wonder how they're going to work that. Or I mean, well, right now they're not working on it. But I'm really curious how that's going to be. Oh, that might 
that one might end up as a future one, depending upon how it goes. I still think I need oh, to make no. you watch the animated Hobbit. Like that oh, one I no. might pull out of my back pocket at some time for you to watch because it's No. Yeah. I'm gonna be sick that day. Oh, you'll be sick all these days. Um It's fun. It's fun. It's enjoyable. I don't need to sing see Leonard Nimoy sing and dance. That's okay, he's not that's he's not in that. That's not what that's oh, okay. from. That his he did that independently as his own artist. Uh plug, watch Red Shards with me and Emily Pineapple as we go through the original Star Trek series. Josie and the Pussycats. I feel like this film has been mentioned a lot yes. recently. Um, yes, are, they talk about it on Blank Check. Yes, uh, we are recording this after the Danny Boyle miniseries of Blank Check has recorded. And it was referenced a lot in the point of um, yesterday uh, mm-hmm. from that. I also forget, I haven't listened to it. There's a Josie and the Pussycats episode of Blank Check that exists, right? Yes. I need to yes. listen to that still. I it was it was forget. a guest pick. I yes. have not listened to it either. Yes. Um, that would be interesting for me to listen, I, especially knowing now how much Griffin enjoys it. I know it's not going to be, which I didn't expect it to be like a bashing episode. But yeah. it, I'm really curious now to go back and listen to that. But it was interesting just hearing them make those reference points and be like, I know this reference. I know what they're saying is right. Um, the only difference of opinion we have on is how much they love the soundtrack compared to how much I love it. But we both agreed that the writing obviously was really good, which I can't remember the, the writer's name, but the, the writer who was behind um, My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, uh, what was the, who wrote the Adam music? Schlesinger? Yes, Adam Schlesinger, thank you. He got a shout out specifically too in the Blank Check, check episode for yeah, um, fucking, the music. Fucking tragedy with. still. Have you, seen, have you seen that thing you do? No, that's, um, Wait, that thing you do... That's the Tom Hanks, Liv Tyler... It is, yeah. Okay. No, I haven't seen it. Okay, we gotta put that on the list. Perfect. That's the one where Adam Schlesinger may have written the greatest song to ever be conceived, so... I'll put that on there. I avoided it because it just simply did not seem like something I'd be interested in, and so it does qualify... For the list, I've I've heard about okay, it for look, years. It just thought, if you're Meh. if you're gonna make me watch the animated Hobbit, do this do this for me, okay? I will. Oh no, trust me. I <laughs> I am. Look at me. I am not nearly as. I am willingly doing this. This is not me pushing back on the idea of it at all. Compared to the Hobbit, let's let's draw yeah. a delineation between those two things. The Office. Now, you said you might watch some more of the office when we I were did. on this episode have you watched some more of it between I, then and I, I i watched up through some point in season two and then i fell off not because i wasn't liking it but just because something else came up and i haven't yeah. i haven't gone back but um still still enjoy it I, I i now get sometimes i get um office related clips on tiktok and I actually know what's happening in them which oh, is kind of cool um yeah, it's it's. I, I drive past the street where they filmed the street and the the facility where they filmed the all the exteriors. Oh, yeah, actually, interesting. I, I think they. I think they. I forget if they filmed the interiors in a, on a set or not, but the, I know the exteriors, like like the, the episode where they all go in the parking lot for the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, that building is like a mile from my house. I think I think we had this conversation already, but it's like a mile from my house. And every time I go to my doctor, or every time I go to my doctor. I drive past that street and I think about it. That's so interesting. I actually, I don't remember if we brought this up or it seems like new information to me, but we maybe offhandedly okay. said it in the episode. That's, yeah. Because I would have thought, I mean, it makes, it makes sense it wasn't filmed in location because obviously they have to be on the exterior a lot for that. But my yeah. mind never thought about the fact that that is just a building that's in the LA area that they filmed at. You know, mm-hmm. it just that part of me never thought about, oh, yeah, that exists somewhere. But also yep. the fact that it would just be in a neighborhood because that's where it wasn't on a, a set at all. So it clearly is just yeah. 
a building in the middle of whatever you know quarter and stuff like it's that. It's like it's like in an industrial area. Like it's really close. It's really close to the train tracks that run through the San Fernando Valley. And yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, I, I don't. It, if you come visit, we can go. We can go stand outside it. I'll also have to find. I know there's a. Um, I believe an outside location for uh, one of our. Um, uh, one of the last things we'll talk about here. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is also in L.A. because people forgot. Um, that some of the exterior shots for for Patty's Pub was though right. That's not that's not actually on location in yeah. uh, in Philadelphia, even though a lot of their other stuff is. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one is all you. This is the morning show, and we talked oh, about yeah. we we have hinted at this during some of the uh, the episodes we've listened to. Uh, but you watched all of season two. I did. Do you want to give us a whole list? This will be our mini episode on the Morning Show Season 2. Do you want to give us a holistic recap, the highlights, and where do you think Season 3 is going to take us? It's bad. It's really bad. I've actually kind of blacked out some of the things. Um, the first season was all about how Alex, the um, Jennifer Aniston character, was um, was not fit for the job and they were trying to get rid of her. The second season is all about how Bradley Jackson, the um, Reese Witherspoon character, is not fit for the job and they're trying to get rid of her. Um, <laughs> Steve Carell is in Italy, and I was like, why the fuck is he in Italy? He he hangs out with this like older woman who's a filmmaker. Who I, I know I've told you about this part where she defends him in public for for because because some some woke some woke Gen Z kid is saying get the fuck out of here you you rapist and then the the woke then the 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 not woke Italian lady is like no get out of here with your woke bullshit um i'm 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 giving it a much nicer version and 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 it was like why is this in italy why is this in italy and and then i figured out do you know why it was in italy busy was it something covid related and he was filming there at the yes. time yes it is well. It is because the show is set in the year 2020, and oh, so they just said that his person Alex left. has to Alex has to go to Alex goes to see Steve Carell. Yeah, oh, so Jeremy goes to see see Steve Carell to to determine if things that were written about the both of them in a book, like a rumors book, are true, and in the process of doing so, gets trapped in Italy when the travel ban goes into effect. And so then she's like racing to an airport to get the last plane out of Italy. And then and then she goes she goes straight from the airport to the set of the morning show and everyone's like, did she expose everyone? And then and then once the lockdown starts, she gets COVID from Italy and she and they have her record uh like 2 hour special from her apartment from her from her apartment like condo thing where it's streaming on their it's streaming on their their new streaming service because of course they launched a streaming service and she's just like unfiltered talking to the camera for 2 hours that's the last episode of the of the season is it resolves by giving her two hours to just swear and talk whatever she wants with no consequences on, on the network streaming service. Um, That's so fucking funny. Reese Witherspoon is moving over to, it was, was poached by a rival network and she's going to get her own show on a rival network. That's where that is. Okay. She so did. now we get a whole nother crew that we can hire more people onto the show for. Yeah. She, she get, um, she gets, she started dating, uh, Julianne Margulies' character, and so, and then she gets unforcibly outed as as bisexual by the network in order to try to take the take the focus away from something else to do with the Steve Carell character. Um, 
she yeah, so she gets unf- unfairly outed, and then her so brother's they... an addict and shows up, and he has to, and he and he's mad at her because she because she's because she's gay, and she gets to do anything she wants, and the and the and the brother doesn't because he's an addict. And um, what else happened? I love the network pull to Kevin Spacey, and they're like, "Oh no, sexual harassment charges! Quick, get get gay out there so that we can yeah. we can cover it up." Yes, um, one of my favorite actresses, uh, Greta Lee. Have you watched Russian Doll? No, I need to. Okay, so there's a character in Russian Doll where every time Natasha Leone like starts the party time loop thing over again. Mm-hmm. That's not a spoiler; it's just the premise of the show. Oh, yeah, that's um, aware of that. Her, she has a, she has a friend who who who, go, who calls her sweet birthday baby, and uh, that actress's name is Greta Lee, and she's she's in the second season of the morning show. She's like the new, she's like the woke newly hired. Um, network president, and oh, everyone just shits on her all the time, and she's she's constantly just like trying to pick up pieces and stuff. Um, it's look, the show is bad. The show is bad, but her part of it was really fun. Um, I also continued to like uh, Janina Gravankar, who plays the overeager, um, like second hour host, who's constantly who's constantly always saying the wrong thing at the wrong oh time oh in the in the best way. She's 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 just having a blast on that show and it's really fun. Um, yeah, and they're and they're they're they've already wrapped filming season three. It's gonna come out any day now. And have been renewed for season four before season three even comes. Of course out. they have. Ugh. To be well, to be fair with those stars, you probably have to get them booked early because otherwise they're gonna yeah. go you know do other things. Yes. I will say, uh, as much as you say it's bad and everything, I really enjoyed your recap of it, and that's some of the most animated that you've been on the show. Just re, I really enjoyed it. Um, what are you saying? <laughs> no, I just meant like it's so funny to me that you're like, oh, it's so bad, it's terrible, and you accuse me of liking bad things on purpose sometimes, and I can like, okay, I see. It's where your my personalities are aligning in some ways right now. Yeah. I'm just, en- I'm enjoying your enthusiasm for retelling about how shit something was. That's all. Yeah, it was. It's bad. Speaking of, and speaking of COVID, The Bachelor. Oh yeah, we got the recap of the finale from Lori, our guest, mm-hmm. who uh, uh, texted us during it. One of the highlights was there was a technical glitch which screwed over Gabby, um, our favorite syrup gal, um, and also uh, Zach screwed over. Gabby in the end and mm-hmm. we knew this we knew this in the episode if you listen to the end for the spoilers um through the trades and the uh <laughs> fanatics whatever you want to call it the spoiler the, the rumor the rumor mill the yeah. rumor mill yes great um that that Gabby wasn't the one that was picked I've even I have even already forgotten the name of the one that was that's how much I didn't care about anyone that wasn't Gabby by the end yeah, I I also just liked that Gabby got to she explicitly got out of the limo, realized that she's like number two, and just just started giving it to Zach. That that yes. made me so happy to hear. Yes, and the fact that the audience also felt like she got screwed. Like so, everyone was on her side. It wasn't one of those things where, and I don't think people necessarily thought that he was a villain, but it was one of those things where they all agree of the situation and when they have to get picked she's the one that got screwed the most by dude, the overall dude, scenario. Well, dude fucked up dude fucked up yeah oh yeah you know and hopefully if again we have committed if she's ever a bachelorette or appears on what's the one bachelor in paradise ba- we are going paradise. we are going to be gabby stands we're going to go gaga for gabby not in a harley quinn to joker way um, i mean i gabby call me up i'll drink i'll drink your syrup anytime Yes, literally. 
um, we'll, we can have our own. We'll have our own competition where you and I uh, try and spoon Cappy a la, a la the the Bachelor. Jupiter ascending. Oh boy, I just this one again is one that has popped up occasionally mm-hmm. um, in just conversation and things, and a lot of it being like, "This movie's great. How come people didn't like this film?" Yeah, I um, don't have any bigger thoughts on it except for i just think back on it fondly and it's a fun that, movie that um at the current moment is the episode that i've edited most recently of not a hate watch and i love listening to it again uh, yeah uh, it's, it's fun it's it, reliving the movie through our conversation made me just enjoy the movie even more again i mean even to beat the bees ah i want that to be okay we talked about it in there but again m- movies that need a mini series Jupiter Ascending, absolutely number one with a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matrix Resurrections, also yes. Mm-hmm. Just any any Wachowski property, honestly. Bluey was after oh, Matrix yes. Resurrections. My husband Alex came on. We watched Bluey. Really interesting thing about this: we have watched more episodes of it, but it didn't stick as much as when I first watched it. Like really? they were fine. Yeah, but I just was like not nearly as interested. I don't know if it's because I got like. The high highs, and so I was like on a dopamine hit of it. Also, when we did watch the movies, we had gone to the brewery beforehand, and I'd had a couple beers, so maybe I also mm. was just in the perfect mood emotionally to watch those things. Um, but I have not finished watching the series yet. I mean, it's still I I still just need to put it on, but also um, the way we watch TV, Alex normally and uh, is watching a series and going through it, or Waldo is on the main TV, so like we have to stop and watch something. Um, together if we're going to do it so i just haven't also like pushed it because they've been watching like bob's burgers and other things stuff where it's like mm. oh i'd actually rather just watch that than bluey at the moment anyways <laughs> but i i will continue to put it on there it is nice to have the reference point now so that when i am with my nieces and nephews i know what the hell is being talked about yeah that's good i i i do not interact with children and and i'm, I'm intending to keep it that way um <laughs> but I did buy the um the, the the rabbit nightlight from the camping episode. I found I found one online. Yeah. Um, it, it's exactly the same, and I and I love it. Um, yeah, that's that's my bluey update. I have not I have not watched anymore. Stargate SG one. Uh, yeah, I definitely have not watched more Stargate. Uh, I was. That's very... also a thing we watched. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, my update for that is having now started watching Star Trek the original series. It is interesting how much more I am like so so much more engaged with that show that ostensibly it's interesting how they have similar origins in that a lot of the writers for that show were also like outer limits twilight zone sci-fi writer people and how stargate that's how the origins was when the two writers met on outer limits and so some of the like story of the week have those vibes to it but i think it Maybe it's just the buy-in of being introduced to Star Trek as a kid. It's like that Star Wars when it's on your baby brain and you know these characters. And especially because I literally know these characters. You know, it is yeah. something that is being on there before. I'm totally into it. Like, you know, another another plug for Red Shirts if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, yeah, I haven't really thought about Stargate at all since we since we since we watched it. Um, but I think that was kind of I kind of could have predicted that when we finished the episode. Oh, for sure. And and we're getting to the you know the most recent ones because after that. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I know it's only been a week for us, so probably no updates on for you on that end, I assume. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't anticipate necessarily watching more. I mm-hmm. will say I do see a lot of references now to the podcast that the cast is doing. Yeah, I need to listen to that now. So my update is I have been binging that show on my own. I'm in the middle of season yes. four or five. I forgot how much I love it. So that episode was a nerding out for me and was a uh, revitaliz- revitalization of of my interest in that show. So that's been, and there are um, season, maybe a season or two of that that I haven't caught up with. So I will be eventually getting to new episodes, but it, I don't know why it's just my, my right line of humor where it goes to the line that I'm willing to let shows go to and, and still laugh. That's great. I'm, I'm really happy for you. Yeah. Um, I'm maybe, maybe at some point we will, if I make you watch sports night or the West wing, I will, I will do the same. Well, we have, so in terms of, Things that we have that are out there that we've talked about. Um, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, I know, oh, is a yeah. pocket episode. And that's going to yeah. be one where I'm watching the whole series. We're not just doing one. And that's going to oh, be, oh, that's gonna be a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm not going to just watch a few episodes of this. I have to watch the whole friggin' thing. Oh, um, especially given the context of the George could, Lucas talk I, show Watch Along. Sure, uh, I can give you a skip list if you want, but yeah. No, I'm curious. I Because also, here's the thing. I'm a low-key SNL. I'm. I'm not. I'm a. I'm an SNL trivia head. Uh, that's the thing is a lot of the stuff that I say I'm super interested in. I'm not necessarily that super interested in it, but I'm super interested in all the trivia and the information around it. So I love SNL, and that was one of the first shows that I remember seeing that felt like oh adult comedy, and I can like even if I didn't get it, but I would watch like reruns on E where it was stuff from mm-hmm. like the eighties or whatever and. Yep. References that me as a history nerd would get, you know, a homeschooler. So weirdly, that was part of the appeal of it was it had political jokes where I'm like, oh, I do get these things. Um, Ross yeah. Perot, ha, ha. you know, and so um, uh, for me, I think I will have that buy-in, especially knowing and remembering in college when this and 30 Rock were both coming out. I remember the the Studio 60 being put on a temple and everyone being like, well, 30 Rock's going to eat shit now that this is out because how could that show ever come up to this? And I've seen every episode of 30 Rock at least, you know, three times over. And I've not, I think I, I don't, I think I maybe even DVR'd the first episode of Studio 60 and then maybe didn't get around to watching it because I was in college and I was like busy. I had plays and shit that I was doing. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm actually legit. That is on the list, not because of a, not a hate watch. That's on the list because that was pulled in your pocket and I haven't seen it. And part of it is just the length. It is what? 22 one hour episodes. Uh, yeah. They're like 40 minutes. Well, 40, yeah, 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Without commercials yeah. and everything. So yeah, but I think it's like 18 hours total of, of, of episodes. I, I, I was smiling when you were saying that because all that stuff you said about SNL is great and is not relevant at all to the show. No, I like, know. I know it's not. Basically. I... No, basically does not get referenced at all. No, but I'm just saying that I like, I have a buy-in for sketch show TV. I like also, sure. yeah, you know, mad TV and stuff that I grew up with. like. So yeah. I like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like sketch TV. So I'm, I'm weirdly, weirdly would have more buy-in. I think for this as an Aaron Sorkin introduction, than if you mm-hmm. were to say go watch West Wing or all of the president no no all of the president's men what's the sports night no what was the, the American movie? president no in the movie that he did you can't handle the, the American truth. president no you can't handle the truth oh 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 um a few, a few good, good men. men a few good men yeah 
Um, you know, if you were to Steve put Jobs, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Well, actually, now that they've hyped that up on Blank Check, I need to watch that, and I need to watch um, Being the Ricardos because I love. Oh uh, no! Don't no, want no, no, Being no. the Ricardos. No, no, because I want. I hate myself, and because I love J.K. Simmons and Nicole Kidman. You you cannot watch Being the Ricardos until you watch Studio sixty first. No, I, I know, I'm and that's you. I know, and that's why the Alice. That is why I bring it up because I want to watch those. I need to get Studio 60 out first. So this episode might come into play sooner than later. I might just watch you, the series and not let you, you should, know. And you then should we'll just watch it. We should just do a retrospective. Uh, like Sports Night West Wing Studio 60 Newsroom. Oh, God. We just do a sorkin. We just like a, a, a sorkin sweep. Yeah, because I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, well, okay. I have seen all of the Sorkin seasons of, of West Wing. There are, the West Wing is a great show that only was on for four years. And if anyone tells you otherwise, they're lying to you. <laughs> um, do your own research. Uh, I've, I, I love Sports Night, even though it's really problematic as hell. Um, I love Studio 60. I could not stand the newsroom when it was on. And I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen any of the movies that he's been involved with since. Now, Sports Night, I always get mixed up with News Radio. And I know News mm-hmm. Radio. What is Sports Night? Who's even in that? Sports Night is Felicity Huffman and uh, I can't remember the actor's name. He played he played the Josh on The Good Wife, the, the lawyer who got shot. That guy with the face. <sighs> um... um... Felicity Huffman is really the only, I think, named person. Okay. Uh, um, the guy who played Benson, the the older gentleman who played Benson, yeah. um, and, and also played um, Eli in Half Life, mm-hmm. um, is in the show as well. But okay. um, re- really, really not that many, not that many named folks. Um, but it's about it's about um, working behind the scenes at a sports center like sports sh- sports network and show yeah 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 and and like all Aaron Sorkin shows are about how smart people will save the world by doing good important work and everyone will flock to them and, and how that almost never happens so like that's 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 sports night like they're gonna save the world through excellent sports reporting um West Wing it actually made sense because they're working in the White House and then Studio 60 they're working on a TV show that is neither good nor funny and so that that cognitive dissonance is why everyone hated it, but that makes sense why he would take a uh, uh, adaptation of *To Kill a Mockingbird* because that is basically like right up into his ethos of smart mm-hmm. people can fix everything kind of thing. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, we'll have to. Oh boy, it is. I'm even trying to think if I've seen anything anything Sorkin related, and I, I don't think I have. So that's just going to be interesting. Yeah. Two Good Men, um, Charlie Wilson's War. Mm-mm. I want to say he wrote the script for Moneyball. I could be wrong I about that. I believe he did because I believe that was mentioned yeah. in Blank Check. Moneyball, Steve Jobs, being the Ricardos. Um, he's done a, he's done a number of plays. Yeah, I just it's oh Social Network. Have you seen Social Network? No, I haven't. Oh, you just see Social Network. That that's just a good uh, movie. Do I have to? No, you don't. But I it's mean, a good it would movie. be a hate watch in the sense of like I don't want to watch it, so it would be not a hate. Put it watch on the list. Material. Put it on the list. You you yeah. just signed your own. <laughs> I know. I do. No, Warren. I know. I do. I know. I know. I know. I mean, again, um, all Sorkin right now fits underneath it. To be fair, a lot of Fincher yeah. did as well. well. I only recently saw *Girl yeah. with the Dragon Tattoo*. 
fun. Great. Love Rooney Mara. Wish she wish she would work more. Wish 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 Joaquin Phoenix would work less and Rooney Mara would yeah. work more. Um so we we've covered some of the films that we have done. I think there's a couple that I can mention that were on my list that we won't do because I've seen them and just aren't going to be like material for it. But also I think it is interesting things to like in general talk about. Um, sure. Most of them because they're just like failed comedies, which failed comedies as, as we've, we've talked about can be hard to talk about because uh, you know, it can be really annoying to also just really like uncomfortable, especially if it's just like, you know, racist or whatever. Um, the, the first one uh, which falls underneath that is the pest Starring John Leguizamo. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the loose adaptation of uh, The Most Dangerous Game, in which he's being hunted by, (laughs) in a great problematic villain role, Jeffrey Jones, which made this movie even more awkward, who just played like uh, like a a Nazi headhunter who was like hunting people and specifically was trying to collect. And this was the joke. Again, this is a movie that John Leguizamo worked on. I believe he wrote on the script as well. So these are the jokes that he was making. But he's collecting people of every race and is didn't have a Latino person. And they use a racist term in the joke of what they call them. So I can't even, like, say what they actually say. And I was just yeah. like, John Leguizamo, what are you doing? And it was 90s it comedy. was the 90s. Yeah. People talked like that. And he, you know, within the first part of the film, he's like, has a great actually opening rap where he's singing in the shower and he sings by himself being the pest, which they do that entire sequence again at the end of the film, which I yeah. thought was great. Um, but I'm, I'm familiar because Justin McElroy went through a period where he loved tweeting the intro to the pest. Oh, every, God. Like every day. It, you know. And like trying to rickroll people with it. Yes. It's, it's a great rickroll. Um, I, I was glad I came back in the end because it was my favorite part in the end. But like in the beginning, he's he works as a Chinese food deliverer and he's doing like Asian accents and making fun and of them and stuff. And he like makes fun. It basically is like, oh, I have an opportunity to make all the terrible jokes that white people make about racist stuff, but I get to do it now. And I was like, no. And he does like impressions that are, again, just racist impressions and stuff. So it was one of the things we got through it all. Um, but I was like. Oh, I don't. I do not want to talk about this on the show because it really would just would just be about how none of this has aged well at all. But the only thing that's interesting about it is that it's John Leguizamo and not realizing that he ha- like because he also does like the Looney Tune voices. Like he's just doing like it's like he's being a cartoon character. So it's sort of like his Jim Carrey. I can do all the voices and references and things like that, and. That talent I didn't know he had, or that he was that interested in comedy, but like everything's off about it. It's it it did not hold up in the end. I'm. I have a question. Yeah. At the end of the movie, does he get put in witness protection and be forced to live out his the rest of his life as a drag queen with Leslie Snipes and Patrick Swayze? I wish. I so wish. Um, one of the drag queens in Drag Race this season at the finale did the um, uh, Chichi Rodriguez uh final look in that film. It was a great reference. Another one I watched was Chairman of the Board, the Carrot Top comedy. Um, I didn't even know that existed. Okay. Oh, (laughs) boy. There's a great... Okay, so this... My knowledge of this, which I'm sure is a lot of people's knowledge of this film existing, is from a great Conan O'Brien clip, which is actually a Norm Macdonald moment, where it is him and Courtney Thorne-Smith, who is the female um, love interest foil in the film... And she's trying to sell it, and they're talking about being Carrot Top, and Norm is just roasting it from the sidelines. 
um, and has a couple great jokes. So he says, one of the jokes is, um, oh, the you know alternative name for this, box office poison. And like, what's the name of the film? Chairman and the board. Oh, is it spelled B-O-R-E-D? Um, and, you know, so uh, that's how a lot of people's references of it was. So I went and watched it. And boy, if you want to watch like an hour and a half solid of prop comedy and just shoved into every angle and basically where the entire point is he takes over a company trying to make like inventions and stuff to like do this silly thing. And I'm trying to even remember how he becomes the CEO of the company. I think it's one of those things where like the CEO just takes a shine to him at the end, but it basically is just a guy and an excuse for him to do those. But yeah, it exists and I've seen it and not fun enough to recommend even on a, um, uh, like a bad film level. I mean, it's, it is watchable, which is, I cannot be said for the past, but it is watchable if someone has an interest and like me had a vague love knowledge of Carrot Top from the 90s, seeing him on like Hollywood Squares or on Regis and Kathy Lee, you know, where he just popped up. Like yeah. it was interesting knowing that like, oh, that's right. There was at a certain point in the world where this man could make a movie starring him, featuring him, revolved around him, and people would greenlight it and said, yes, thumbs up, great. Was he in the 1-800-COLLECTOR, the 1-800-CALL-ATT commercial? Oh, he was. He was in one of those. I think it was the 1-800-COLLECT. That seems right. Okay, yeah. I think um, he was their spokesman. I, 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 oh, sorry, God. I was going to think he was their spokesman during like the dot-com era, you know, uh, boom, uh, boom bust uh, moment. I just remember it'd be like those commercials and that dog puppet commercials at the same time. Yes. Pets.com. Yes. Um, I, I think I could have told you that because I think if this movie was a fun hate watch or a fun bad movie watch, we would have heard of it more. Yo, no, like, it's people true. Talk, yes. like, people love to talk about those movies. Like they love to talk about the room. They like to talk about Birdemic yes. and so on. And so, yeah. If it's not covered by how did this get made? It's one of those films where you have sort of, and not that it's the BL end all, but they have a pretty good barometer and have, they, they started diving into much, much more obscure films from obscure artists before they went to chairman of the board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last one that I have was one that I had considered. Um, <laughs> Freddie got fingered. Oh no. Have you seen Freddie got fingered? No. This might be this might be my most controversial take. I kind of liked it. I I'm, I'm sure you did. I'm sure there's value there's virtue in it. It is be understanding that and now that I have time away from it and I'm older and I understand more about just just the concept of anti-comedy as a structure and a genre, watching the yeah. film without especially with one of my buddies who we watch bad films with like that's a big thing that we do. Um, we got we literally got together and watched three back to back ending with uh, Harlan Williams Rocket Man, which was the the apex of the films that we watched, and um, so it was one of those things where I was in the right mood for it, but especially like you know just watching that film and knowing how bad of a reaction got to it. I mean, and I understand why. Like he's he's jerking off a prosthetic horse penis within the first I believe five, if not ten minutes of the film, so that is your out right away. But of course. That's the barometer to weed out the people who this film is not for. Um, it's great stoner comedy. Um, I always say it is the best film I have ever seen that ends in a father-son bonding where both of them are covered in elephant ejaculate. It's the best heartfelt moment I've seen of that together. I mean, it's, like, it's, 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 a, it's, a, tough, it's a tough category for competition. Yeah. 
I believe it was that and Water for Elephants. I haven't seen that film, but I'm guessing that's how that ends. Yeah. And Operation Dumbo Drop. That's all that I had for updates on it. Those are ones that you will not be hearing on it here, but you get our mini updates. Alice, have you run across any candidates recently for an episode that you just think this might qualify, but it just it didn't hit right enough for for us in the show? No, because I don't go out of my way to watch things that I think I won't like. That's fair. <laughs> that might be more of a recurring thing in my life. Let's let's be honest. Uh, I mean, that not. Not engaging with things I think I'm not going to like is part of why the premise of this podcast was so interesting to me is I don't, I don't hate watch things like the, yeah. like the morning show is my exception to the rule. I really, truly don't hate watch things anymore. Like, I feel like I definitely used to like, 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 especially in like, like the, the late 2000s, early 2010s, I would hate watch things, but now I just don't engage at all. Yeah. I think the turn for me was like, Hmm mystery science theater and riff tracks and even though i don't regularly watch those anymore um although uh, riff mm-hmm. tracks is doing a live rad later this year which i told the boys we're gonna go see rad uh it's great film. I, I went to the live episode of rad for how this get made in chicago uh great uh so anyways um we uh, that kind of helped me reassess my attitude and helped me realize I really was being way too snobbish about the stuff that I was watching and really can enjoy, especially like seeing The Room or Manos in the Hands of Fate, Birdemic, some of those ones that you cited, where they truly are so terrible that you can objectively just be laughing at it or enjoying the weirdness of it. I have found that joy in a lot of other quote unquote bad stuff. It's the reason why I think I can watch the snowman and enjoy it a lot more than people. Not because I'm ironically laughing, but I can like holistically laugh at the fact that they missed 20% of the script and just accept that and then just watch it for what it is and enjoy the parts that I enjoy. Which it's a mystery. It's a it's a murder mystery. I don't care if it's obvious by the end. Like it just is dumb. That's another, oh, I forgot that's on Harry Hall. I, I forgot that's on our list because you haven't seen it. I forgot. We'll have yeah. to do Steve Jobs take, and then this for a fast bender double. Take, double take me to the Harry Hole, Missy. Take me to the Harry Hole. Drop me in the snowman. Oh, melting me down. Um, just like this. Uh, just like the, the beginning of the film, how it begins with a mom giving up and just having her car sink into the ice. Spoiler: This happens within the first part of the film. But that's our that's a thing that happens, and then we get no further context for what the fuck that was for about an hour. As we always say on not a hate watch, I gave you all the clues, Alice. You really did. 